Good morning, and have you been vaccinated? I guess this is now the new normal in the way we greet each other, no? replacing the traditional, how are you? And speaking of vaccination, no? uh, my family no? uh, received our second jab last month. And to the DOH, LGU, and to our barangay, maraming maraming salamat po. It's been more than a year, no? and uh, still COVID-19 continue to hug the limelight. Uh, it has even mutated to various Brian, uh, variants from Alpha to Delta, Delta Plus. And according to the recent no, uh, broadcast by WHO, there's a new variant of concern, no? the Lambda variants. That's why the DOH, the CDC, continues to post guidelines no, to help us no, how to cope no? or to prevent from catching the virus. And if by any chance we got infected, they also teach us how to, uh, they give us guidelines or steps on how to prevent you know, spreading the virus in our household. To those who were infected by the virus, just like my wife and I, and were able to recover you know, in their homes, you can empathize. You know, when I say you know, the following steps, like self-isolation, uh, closely monitoring your temperature and oximeter levels, constant communication with your doctor, proper medicine. No? All this no, helps in dealing no, the spread of virus in our house household. Likewise, this morning, no, we're going to talk about steps and guidelines, no? not about virus, but more importantly, how do we address sinful behaviors in our church? Anyway, uh, let us first open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. No? Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. No? Ang 1 Corinthians sa gitnayan ng Romans at 2 Corinthians. And we will be reading the entire no, 13 verses. Okay? So if you're there, give me a thumbs up sign. No? As if nakikita ko kayo. But uh, okay, so let's read the passage together. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. For though absent in body, I am present in spirit. And as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival 
not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world, or the greedy, and swindlers, or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. But now, I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother. If he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed, or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with, such, with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Ayan. Don't close your Bible. No? Stay on that chapter so that from time to time you can refer, refer on them. So before we begin, let us pray. Father, really our Heavenly Father, please open our eyes that we may see, our ears that we may hear. Lord, soften our hearts that it may be teachable to learn and apply the truth which is found only in your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Two weeks ago, we heard from Pastor Brian that Paul's letter to the Corinthians was so much different to the ones he wrote to the Philippians, where his letter to the Philippians were joyous, grateful. No? But yung letter niya to the Corinthians, after his traditional greetings, Paul changed his tone no? and was very stern in his message. Why? Well, Alam niyo ba, the church in Corinth was plagued with many problems. No? There was quarrels, divisions, lawsuits from within. There were even issues on food and worship. But the subject that I will be sharing today is seldom preached because of the nature of the topic. Our sermon today is rated PG. And I'm saying this so that you will not be surprised during our discussion. Now, according to historians, Athens and Corinth were the two most immoral cities. And when we speak of immorality, what typically comes to our mind are things no, are synonymous with sexual sins. However, Paul's definition of immorality includes other sinful behavior, which we have just read from verses 10 to 11. Even in their worship of the goddess Aphrodite was immoral. You know why? Because they have temple prostitutes, not ushers, huh? temple prostitutes. When the people went in to worship, there was no sacredness. Whatever happened, happens. Why? What was the Greeks' view of sex? Well, it was just a biological urge. Normal lang, no? natural. 
Just like when we feel hungry, we eat. When we feel thirsty, we drink. And when they feel the urge to have sex, they just do it. Today, whether in billboards, in cable TVs, and internet, almost all commercials from health, hygiene, beauty products, clothing, entertainment, travel, not to mention alcoholic products, no? all contain sexual undertone no? in their advertising. Why? Because se uh, sex attracts sales of product. Sex grabs attention. It is effective in marketing, even though it is a taboo subject. You know, the Greek word for immorality or fornication is pornea, where the word pornography is derived. However, pornea is much more than graphic and words. It is to be engaged, to take part, to be involved in sexual sins. And some of the examples are incest, adultery, pedophilia, premarital sex, bestiality, and same-sex sexual behavior. Now, some of you listening might be surprised. No? I use the term same-sex sexual behavior. Now, I am not trying to sound politi politically correct, but this is what the Greek word literally means. A male better. A male who beds a male. Or a female better. A female who beds a female, which means same-sex sexual behavior. Now, but God has made it very plain and clear about how he feels or where he stands on sexual immorality. Let me share with you a couple of passages, one from the Old and one in the New Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 2. If a man is found lying with a married woman, both of them will die. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 to 4. Paul instructed the believers in Thessalonica, For this is God's will, that you become holy, that you keep away from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own body in holiness and honor. The Lord Jesus Christ wants his church to be without stain, without blemish. He wants his church to be holy and blameless. And so how do we do it? No? Paul gave them guidelines, steps. And let's call this the four R's no? of addressing sinful behavior in church, which are Recognition, root, reason, and range. Discipline can be heartbreaking, but the motivation is restoration. Let me repeat that. No? Discipline is heartbreaking, but the motivation is restoration. So how do we address sinful behavior in church? Well, the first R is... Recognition. Now let me read, no? Verses 1 to 2a. 
it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and a kind that is not even tolerated even among pagans, for a man has his father's wife. And you are arrogant. Ought you not to rather mourn? Now, three things no, that we can immediately notice in this initial statement. Unang-una, the sin is well publicized, no? actually reported. Literally means that the, the sin was broadcast far and wide. No? Kalat na kalat na. It is not a secret sin that the church tried to conceive or conceal, but it has reached the ears of many people. Even no, Paul, who was at that time in Ephesus. You know how far Corinth to Ephesus is? By sea travel, eight days. No? Ganun na kakalat yung chismis. Second, the sin is revolting. No? It was a kind of sin that even non-Christian would be shocked. No? Magugulat talaga sila. What I mean is, for non-believers, even with their liberal views on sex, they would not stoop down to such a level of immorality where a son was having an intimate relationship with his father's wife or yung kanyang stepmother. Third, the sin was ongoing. No? The present tense has no? tells us that it was an ongoing relationship. It was not a one-night stand or a short-time affair. Has tells us that the relationship, the incestuous relationship, is continuing. So when we say recognition, recognize, it means to acknowledge, to identify, to detect. And you know what is the enemy of uh, recognition? Denial. Apathy. And in this instance, the church was indifferent. No? They even tolerated and allowed this relationship. Six times, huh? six times the word arrogant. You see the word arrogant there? No? Six times the word arrogant was repeated in this letter alone. And arrogant literally means what? To be puffed up, to swell. In Tagalog, lumaki ang ulo. Some possible reasons why the believers in Corinth were boasting was probably, beca was probably because they were using this incident as a, as a message to show how free they are in Christ. Another reason, maybe, is that they thought that their salvation in Christ no, allowed them to do whatever they wanted. But instead of boasting, what did Paul tell them? Paul reprimanded them and tell them that you should mourn. No? Magmourn kayo. You should be sad because of what's happening to your brother in Christ. You should be sad because how, of how it is going to affect the church. You know, William Temple said, Christians do not joke about sex, 
for the same reason we do not joke about Holy Communion. It is not because sex is nasty, but because sex is sacred. And to joke about it is profanity. Sex is a God-given endowment, gift ni God yan, to be kept in the trust for the beloved. That person to whom one is able to offer oneself in the glad and responsible union of lifelong marriage. And that is why in our marriage preparation class, right at the start, no, my wife and I would remind and continue to impress in the hearts of those soon-to-be married couple to really remain pure in their relationship, to flee from perimarital sex. And if some of them have indeed committed such acts, we urge them to repent. We urge them to immediately stop this sinful act and to ask forgiveness to our Heavenly Father. And if they so desire and wanted help, we are more than willing to assist and help them. Like I said earlier, one of the many reasons why a church fails to recognize the issue of sexual immorality is denial. No? We, we, we keep on thinking, this will never happen. No? Impossible that our that pastor or elder will do this. No? But sadly, we see so many incidents such as this happening. Indifference no? to the telltale signs. No? Sometimes we take for granted when we notice a married person regularly seen together with a, a person other than their spouse. No? Akala lang natin, hindi na natin sila pinapansin. You also see it as a joke when there's critical, critical remarks given by couples to each other. No? Tinatawanan lang natin. Spending more time at work than at home. Baka ibang overtime na. Lack of sensitivity and discernment to the words communicated. Did you know that when a young or middle-aged couple says, or I hear them say that they are not physically intimate anymore, to me that is very unusual. And I would make probing question and ask them, why? Because we are sexual beings with sexual desires. And I would remind them what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2 to 5. But because sexual sin is a danger, each man should have his own wife, and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should give his wife all that he owes her as his wife, and the wife should give her husband all that she owes him as her husband. The wife does not have full rights over her own body. Her husband shares them, and the husband does not have full rights over his own body. His wife shares them. Do not refuse to give your body to each other unless you both agree to stay away from sexual relation for a time. So you can give your time to prayer. Then come together again so Satan cannot tempt you because of a lack of self-control. 
I want you to remember this. Overlooking sin, overlooking sinful behavior is not loving but dangerous. Overlooking sinful behavior is not loving but dangerous. How do we address sinful behavior in church? Number one, recognition. Number two, root. Let me read, no? Verses 2b to 5. It says, Let him who has done this be removed from among you. For though absent in body, I am present in spirit. And as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. So, so what was Paul's root or his course of action? Remove. This man who refuses to repent and continues on his immorality must be removed. The method of church discipline used here is excommunication or removal from fellowship. Absent in body, present in spirit, tells us that Paul was afar. Like I said earlier, he was writing this letter while he was in Ephesus. No? And to pronounce judgment tells us also that Paul has already given his firm and final judgment on that person. Now, you may be thinking, no? why did Paul didn't follow the steps outlined in Matthew 18, verse 15 to 20, where there should be a private conversation first, followed by discussion in the presence of one or two witnesses, and finally by public confrontation with the entire church. And then if he would not repent, dun lang papasok yung removal from fellowship. Well, there were two assumptions. First, the church had already tried these first two steps. Second, Paul knew that the entire congregation's arrogant attitude no, uh, would make itong mga preliminary steps of private conversation, bringing one or two witnesses unsuccessful. But whatever assumption we may arrive at, Paul's final judgment removed this sinning brother from the church. Now, the phrase, when you are assembled, no, means that when the church comes together. This is a very good reminder for all of us that the final decision must never be taken by only a handful of leaders, but it should be in agreement with the body of Christ. Of course, paramount in each step of discipline is the goal of resolving and receive, redeeming that sinful brother so that the confrontation would not reach to the next level. Now, how should we, un, uh, un, how should we understand Paul's command, deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh? Do we download an app no, that says Satan's express delivery, dial 666? Seriously, no? Is it actual death or excommunication? Well, either way, 
the command seems harsh and severe. But here it means to put this person out of the church and into the world. The church denied his, denies his right to fellowship, to holy communion. And so for a person who continually and remain stubborn, the final action again is excommunication. Now, allow me to try, allow me to expound on the idea of fellowship. Now, during the first century, koinonia is not just, you know, social gathering or friendship. It is a divine, intimate unity among members. Koinonia involves everything from unity of the spirit to sharing contributions from money to food to being deeply involved and invested in the lives of each other. And so as a group, they are told to deny that kind of fellowship. However, someone in the group, no, yung kanyang pinaka-BFF, could be used no, as someone, no, the only contact that uh, can reach out to him for the purpose of restoring a fallen brother. But, you know, the real problem is not about, uh, uh, yeah, but the real problem is how can we replicate the idea of excommunication? You know, I have observed churches who do excommunication only to find, you no, know, church member, you no, know, going to another church just around the corner. And these churches pays little or no attention as to the reason why this particular member left his church. There are also churches who have hired pastoral staff that were let go by their former churches because of unethical behaviors. In those instances, the hiring church failed to find knowledgeable people or maybe even the pastors in his former church opted or choose to remain silent. There are also those who don't want to own up to their sins or don't believe na they have committed one. And so what do they do? They would just silently leave the church. I have also heard that, uh, you know, from a pastor friend of mine, that their church was uh, sued for oral defamation and slander. Though the case was dismissed, no, their church no, uh, experienced no, quite a lot of uh, losses. Excommunication is a difficult course of action. But I do believe that it must be done and that there should be cooperation, networking amongst churches if this method of discipline is to be effective and to have the same impact as before. Remember, confronting sinful behavior is not optional, but essential. No? How do we address sinful behavior in church? The first, recognition. The second, Ruth. The third, no? reason. Verses 6 to 8 says, Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Tongue twister, no? But 
Like I said earlier, some of you might think that this discipline is harsh or severe, that this kind of discipline is unchristian, unloving, yet we need to see the bigger and more important picture. God detests sin. And by allowing this sinful behavior to go unchecked and to continue, it will negatively influence and destroy the purity of the church. Did you know that love without truth is hypocrisy? That's why Paul says, no, don't brag about your inaction. No, stop boasting. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. No? What does that mean? No? Well, a modern way of saying that would be a rotten apple. No? A rotten apple spoils the whole barrel because a rotten apple emits ethylene gases. And if absorbed by those good apples, it will uh, affect them badly and cause them to rot as well. Likewise, a little leaven, no? a tiny sinful behavior, no? leavens will infect or badly influence the whole lump, the whole church. Did you get that? No? A tiny sinful behavior will infect or badly influence the whole church. Paul also used the imagery of Passover no, to remind them of his reasons. Sabi niya, remember what you did during the Passover feast. Cleanse out the old leaven. Before the Passover feast begins, do, the Jews practice purifying and thoroughly cleaning their homes. Back it. Because the law instructs them to remove all leaven in their household. Because as a community, they should be leaven-free or unleavened. And anyone who ate or have anything leavened in their household will be cut off or removed from the community. Also, he reminds them, remember who is the true Passover? Jesus Christ, the true Passover, who is the perfect sacrifice, who by, blood saved, who by his blood saved us who removed us from the bondage of sin, who released us from the bondage of death. Also, sabi niya, remember who you are after the Passover in terms of purity, in terms of righteousness. You should not go back living your former sinful lives characterized by malice and evil, but you have to live your new lives characterized by sincerity and truth. Kaya nga sabi niya, leave the old life and live the new life. But again, let me emphasize no, that the reason why we do church discipline, no, the purpose is enlightenment, to let the sinning brother see the error of his ways. The purpose is restoration, to bring that person back to repentance and fellowship. The purpose is preservation, to preserve the purity of God's church. Remember, 
Dealing with sinful behavior is not punitive. It's not to be punitive, but curative. No? Discipline can be heartbreaking, but the motivation is restoration. How do we address sinful behavior in church? First, recognition. Second, Ruth. Third, reason. And the final R, range. Again, let me read passage 9 to 13. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world, or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name brother. If he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what I have told you with judging outsiders, is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Again, I wrote to you. No? Paul actually wrote an, uh, uh, an earlier epistle prior to 1 Corinthians. Ang tawag nga natin dyan eh, the lost epistle. And in that letter, Paul also gave them instruction on how to deal with that immoral brother. He told them not to associate. No? Not to associate. Now, the word associate is a combo words, no? a combination of words. And it means do not mix with them. No? They were told not to mingle, not to associate with that uh, immoral brother. They were, they were told to refuse fellowship. No? Bearing in mind what I have told you about the meaning of fellowship during the first century. But we also read in verse 10 no? that uh, they must misunderstood no? Paul's instruction and taken his message to mean the sexually immoral of the world. And because of that, what happens? Well, the church stopped all contact and communication with the outside world. Ano ba yan? Hindi ba the people of this world is the mission field? Why would they or why would you stop meeting with them? Remember, Jesus spent a lot of time with the tax collector, prostitutes, drunkards of this world, those who were looked down by society because they were the people who really needed him. It is not those who are well that needs a physician, but those who are sick. I came, Jesus says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And so Paul have to, has to clarify no, who they were not to associate. Sabi niya, anyone who bears the name of brother. Paul called on the church to, to cease, to stop, uh, to uh, deny no, seeing this unrepentant and immoral member of the church. And if that wasn't clear enough, Paul expounded no, on his definition of what an immoral brother or person is. No? It includes what? Yung mga greedy, yung mga idolater, 
Reviler are those people who are verbally abusive. No? Yung mga drunkards, swindlers. No? And let me emphasize that the list pertains to a behavior, ha? A behavior, a lifestyle. No? Nagiging pattern na siya. Lastly, what is the scope no, of church discipline? Well, verse 12 to 13 tells us, no? It teaches us that it is to be carried out by the believers in the church for the believers in the church. It means that we members of the same church are to exercise discipline among our members who need to be disciplined. And to the believers of the world, well, sigad ng bahala sa kanila. Let God discipline them. Remember, no? correcting sinful behavior is not external but internal. In closing, honestly, doing the process of church discipline as described in Matthew 18, 15 to 20 is not something you enjoy. It is a very long, sad, tear tearful thing to do. It's heartbreaking. And it could be the hardest and most difficult thing to do in ministry. And I'm speaking from personal experience. It truly was a time of mourning when a brother that I loved and cared and looked up to went astray. But the point is not that we do not care or love that immoral brother. Not that we do not care or love that greedy brother, that slanderous brother, that brother who swindles people of their money. It is because we should care and love the body of Christ more. That's the reason. It is because we must love and care for the church, for the body of Christ more. The reality is sin comes into any churches, even UECP, who is celebrating her 92nd anniversary, hindi siya immune. But when our church, UECP, applies the principle of church discipline properly, biblically, the church begins to build her immune system. The church will develop protection against sinful behaviors. And so in one sense, Pwede natin sabihin na church discipline is kind of getting vaccinated. No? What do we hope to accomplish by doing that? No? In every step of church discipline, what we hope to accomplish is to see that brother come back. To see that brother repent and change. Because according to James chapter 5, verse 19 to 20, if any among you stray from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Will you help? The pastors cannot do that by themselves. The elders and deacons, hindi rin nila kaya. Every one of us has to help. 
when we do our roles properly as a member of the body of Christ, God willing, we will see a sinning brother or sister restored in the name of God, honored and in the, and in the church and to the world. How do we address sinful behavior in church? First, recognition. Second, root. Third, reason. And the last one, range. Discipline can be heartbreaking, but the motivation is restoration. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And like the writer of Hebrew, truly, Lord, your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, that it pierces as far as a division of soul and spirit, joints and marrows, and is able to judge the intentions and thoughts of our heart. So, Lord, your instructions today is plain and clear. The commands may be harsh, but redemptive. And so, Holy Spirit, help each one of us that we may first keep our respective body, God's temple, holy and pure. Help us to also be sensitive and discerning to the flock that you have entrusted us, especially yung aming fellow life group members. If we detect anything unusual, please help us to be bold. Please give us courage to show our care, to show our love by addressing any concern that could be a potential problem. And that, Lord, our words, our actions will truly reflect that we are indeed living in the loving and redeeming grace of Jesus Christ. In whose name we pray, amen and amen.